Hi, everybody. A quick message before we begin today's podcast. We have just released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. Stay tuned for the end of the episode for more information. Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome everybody back to the podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about, I bet you haven't heard, about the polyvagal theory. And I think I'll start off my discussion around how I used to think about the nervous system. So the nervous system is our electrical system that governs all the functions of our body. And there's a specific part of the nervous system known as the autonomic nervous system, or sometimes we'll refer to it as the automatic nervous system. And I sort of understood the autonomic nervous system to work with this concept that you may have sort of heard. Um, You have the fight or flight system, and then you have the opposing system, which is the rest, digest, reproduce, repair system. And there was sort of this thought process that too much of the sympathetic nervous system, which is associated with fight or flight, was seen as like the stress system and that too much activation in that system was not good for your health. Equally, it was thought that spending more time in rest, digest, repair, reproduce, relaxation system was better for your health. And so we had this kind of conception that, you know, Too much of one was bad and not enough of the other was not good. And so, and so originally when I spoke with my clients talking about this, these two systems, that's how I would sort of describe that your body has an either or kind of response. And It wasn't until several years later that I was interviewing somebody for this podcast that brought up some interesting information about the vagus nerve, which got me really curious um, to learn more about it. And so the vagus nerve is actually a cranial nerve. It's the 10th cranial nerve, and its name is known as um, or is associated with the term the wanderer because it wanders from the brainstem down throughout our systems uh, and goes to various organs in our body. And it's actually the second largest nerve, uh, almost even as thick as the spinal cord and has a really, really important purpose 
in our evolutionary development, in our survival, in our social engagement. And so then that led me to research the work of Stephen Porges, who basically came up with the polyvagal theory. And his original research was also under that same premise that we have this stress system and this relaxation system. And in his research, uh, he was looking at babies and I guess a doctor had pointed out to him that there was something strange about, there, there was something missing in his original uh, writing that there was only the stress system and this relaxation system because too much of the relaxation system, or i.e. the what we would call the parasympathetic nervous system, was actually fatal in babies, which led him to go back to the anatomy and go back to the drawing board and really try to understand where that physician's comments um, had come from because he was sure you have this stress system and then you have this like relaxation system. One's good, the other one's sort of quote unquote bad. And when he went back looking at the evolutionary development of the autonomic nervous system, the survival system, he discovered that there was actually an evolutionary development to the autonomic nervous system that basically started with the dorsal part of the vagus nerve, which is associated with freeze or immobilization. So in early evolutionary perspective, if a reptile, for example, felt in danger or under threat, it would essentially play dead. That's the only response that the nervous system had in order to ensure survival. And as we moved through our evolutionary development, we needed we needed a different system that you know, playing dead, I mean is is it can be helpful, but we needed some additional options. And so we had the development of what's known as the sympathetic nervous system, so that fight or flight system. And that started providing mammals with a new option for dealing with danger and threat uh, and certainly life um, life threat, meaning, okay, I'm detecting some threat, so I'm going to be a little bit more hypervigilant, a little bit more alert, and I'm going to kind of prepare either to run away or to fight. And if for any reason that system was unable to help me achieve safety, then we would automatically revert to the more primitive response, which was um, essentially to play dead. And so that sort of response allowed, you know, mammals to, at the absolute most dangerous situation, to basically slow down its heart rate, its breathing, its digestion, its immune system, all the systems basically go so low that it's almost like they're dead. Um, and this allowed the you know predator to think, oh hey, this impala is dead. I'm gonna go get my buddies and we're gonna we're gonna have a feast here. 
that was the hope anyways. And if the absolute worst case scenario occurred where that lion is now going to eat that impala, it is kind of dissociated. It is no longer sort of, if you had to describe it, within its body to experience um, its life essentially being taken. So we had then these two systems. And again, through evolutionary pressures and as early, you know, humans started developing, again, we needed, we needed a new part of the nervous system to interact with survival and um, making sure that we're protected. And so then that developed the what's known as ventral part of the nervous system. So it's the newest part of the autonomic nervous system in the branch of the parasympathetic nervous system, which is basically the the rest digest system. But in this case, what we needed was a system to help us detect and engage socially. We needed as early humans really for our survival to be able to find ways to band together and also to detect, you know, is it friend or foe? Um, And so then this allowed this newest system to come into play for our survival and protection. And so that's, so, so basically that's the three three branches of what's known as the polyvagal theory, right? You have the ventral branch, which is our social engagement system, the sympathetic nervous system that if I can't find safety and I can't engage with others, I'm going to then need to revert to my more primitive nervous system And so then I'll move into the fight or flight, right? Okay, you know, I'm hearing some noises off in the savannah. I'm not quite exactly under danger, but it sounds like there could be a pack of lions over there. And so I'm going to kind of start looking around. Who's around me that I can band together for my safety and survival? But if I'm out of the village, I'm noticing I'm on my own and there's a rustling and some noises and my heart rate's going up, that then becomes the body, like that's the body moving into that fight or flight, right? We're starting to become alert that there is a potential danger or threat. And so our system prepares for fight or flight with the premise of I need to be able to then return to safety. Let's say, you know, pack of lions all of a sudden appears and I'm too far away from my village to run and they're coming up close and I'm going to fight, but I'm realizing, you know, I'm probably not going to make, I'm probably not going to be able to fight, you know, this lion off then our nervous system again goes down to the more primitive system, which is to basically shut down, right? To go into, you know, what you may think of like shock, uh, dissociation, leaving the body, um, 
so that I am not really present to what is happening in this overwhelming sensation, overwhelming event. Now, we don't really, generally speaking these days, have to stress about being attacked by lions or, you know, saber-toothed tigers. What we have now replaced, let's say, quote-unquote, you know, animals being the life, um, being the danger or the threat, we now have like modern day threats that are, you know, causing our nervous system to have to respond to the environment from a moment to moment perspective. Again, always moving through a hierarchy, meaning that the body will always attempt to respond through the social engagement system for safety. If we cannot attain safety, we'll move into fight or flight. If we can't successfully find safety from that system, we'll move into immobilization. So what are some modern day examples where this system may become activated? Well, you have a deadline. You have to make this project, the clock is ticking, you know, your heart rate's going up, you feel like you can't really concentrate, and so you're becoming more and more kind of stressed about, you know, meeting this deadline, right? Okay, there's nobody who can help me with this project, oh man, I gotta get it done. And you basically move into fight or flight, and you're and you're hustling, and you're working, and the clock is ticking, and you're like, oh my god, like, I don't know if I can do this, and maybe you make it in time. And your body's kind of in that fight or flight, or maybe the clock is ticking so much and it's got you so stressed out that you literally shut down and you're like, I I just, I can't, you know, I can't get it done. The system becomes overwhelmed. Or traffic, right? Sitting in traffic, you know, the body's constantly assessing, am I safe? Am I going to make it, you know? Of course, these are not necessarily life threat situations, but they have other threat signals. There might be financial threats or relationship threats, like I don't want to disappoint my boss, or maybe there's, you know, an issue between husband and wife and they don't want to, you know, um, hurt one another, or there's a situation happening, um, Other examples, you know, more specifically could be, you know, threat of, you know, nature or threat of job loss, um, a pandemic, right? Um, There could be bullying, there could be racism, there could be, um, you know, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, you know, uh, discrimination, um, discrimination against women, having to feel like you have to people please and, and perform at the highest level all the time. Otherwise, you know, God forbid you, you know, make a mistake or, you know, can't do something. All of these things are being evaluated by our nervous system all the time. And the purpose of this system is to make sure that we survive. 
and it no longer really means figuratively, although it certainly can with illnesses, um, medical conditions, etc. But all our modern day stressors, the way that we give meaning to the things that are happening in our lives, is being assessed by this system all the time. And why is this even important to be talking about? Is because when we don't understand how our nervous system operates and we don't have the tools and techniques to help us regulate and therefore return to a sense of safety, our systems oftentimes get stuck in fight or flight. And we know that persisting chronic stress has negative health consequences. Spending too much time in fight or flight releases a lot of cortisol and adrenaline and that depresses our immune system. It keeps our body in tension all the time. So, right, hypertension, that is partially due to chronic stress, being in that fight or flight, not necessarily being able to find a sense of safety within your own body, safety within your family, safety within your community. Um, we know that chronic pain, when we do, when, when I read through chronic pain research, right, being a physio, we look and we see that individuals who are what we would call upregulated, just meaning there's a lot of activity in that fight or flight system. There is a correlation, and I'm not going to say causation, but I'm going to say there's a correlation with individuals who are in high stress that develop things like IBS, which makes sense because if you think about an animal, us included, um, when I'm under threat and I'm getting ready to fight or run away, digestion is not important. So my body will divert blood flow and energy and attention away from systems in my body to conserve enough energy so that I can fight or run away and get to safety. And then usually we return to baseline once we've reached safety and then our digestive system and our immune system and our hormonal system starts to regulate back into what we call homeostasis. But what if we don't return to that baseline? What if, you know, what if these systems are not returning to homeostasis and they're either overworking or underworking? Right? So thinking about digestion issues, we know that there's some correlation with fibromyalgia, right? When your body is tense all the time because you are not feeling like you are safe, and this could be from a, from a result of a past um, event, it could be an accumulation of um, stressors all the time, but when we can't find a sense of safety within our own bodies and our environment and our mind, the system stays on high alert. When I'm in high alert, I'm going to have tension in my tissues, whether I'm aware of it or not. 
And imagine holding tension in your body for months and years, right? There's going to be a dysfunction that develops. Things like chronic fatigue syndrome, restless leg syndrome, migraines or chronic migraines, uh, TMJ, anxiety, those kinds of things can be because of our upregulation in the sympathetic nervous system. And the thing with being in fight or flight for a long time is that it's almost like our cup is really, really full all the time. And so what can also happen is, you know, add one extra, you know, event or a big event and the cup overflows. And when that happens, then again, our nervous system is going to revert back to a more primitive system, which is immobilization. And this is where we can see things like depressed mood, sluggish digestion, issues with sleeping, um, you know, um, fatigue, really difficult to get motivated and moving because that system is meant for a complete and utter shutdown as a protective mechanism to ensure you survive. And all of this is kind of happening not in the conscious mind. This is all happening in the autonomic nervous system. And so once we get down into the more um, immobilized and in some major cases, dissociation, in order to, again, move back towards safety, we first have to go from that immobilized phase into fight or flight and then move ourselves into safety. And the interesting you know, thing is that you know, we know that there are various things that can help us regulate our nervous system, return to the nervous system, But sometimes we don't explain why. Sometimes it's hard to explain why. And so I'd like to spend time with my clients to help them understand how the system may be playing out in their particular presentation, especially with persisting pain, so that they understand the various different kind of practices. Yes, things like yoga, meditation, Tai Chi, Qigong, you know, uh, gratitude practices, self-compassion practices, um, obviously talk therapy in different forms of um, changing the way you think about the situation are very, very helpful in helping us learn how to regulate the system how to begin to find safety in our system so that you know everything can just ramp down more stillness and calmness is in our lives we don't have to perform a hundred percent all the time and these kind of practices are not really woven into our education. We're not really taught how to manage quote unquote stress. 
And man, is, is life ever moving so fast? And even now with the pandemic, right? Think about how much messaging we're getting around danger. And like rightfully so, but our nervous systems have been on and they've been on for 18 months and who knows how much longer they're going to be on for. And so I think it's really important now more than ever that we begin to learn relaxation and stress management practices because it's just not great for our health and wellness and our mental health and our relationships to be in a state of fear, worry, anxiety, um, uncertainty uh, all the time. And so this is why I wanted to talk about the polyvagal theory is to at least give you a glimpse into how your nervous system works to remove any feelings of shame or guilt about how you quote unquote deal with situations because really a lot of this is happening at the unconscious level. We are reacting to our environment. We're reacting to our thoughts. We're reacting to the body sensations oftentimes without a lot of awareness, without understanding and knowing that our system is trying to act in the highest level of good. It's literally trying to protect you. It's trying to make sure you survive, that you're connected, that you are going to make it. And so this is where the self-compassion piece comes in really important, not to judge our reactions, but to understand, oh, I wonder if I'm reacting this way. And with a variety of different body practices, I'm bringing a lot of somatic practices, somatics being that mind-body connection to movement and touch. Um, I'm in the process of learning somatic experiencing, which is bringing trauma-informed care into my practice, understanding that the nervous system is governing a lot of our responses. And so how can we work with our nervous system to help influence and shift ourselves towards safety? How can we find a way to be okay and to be with some of our responses and then to shift them, to think about them differently, less from a place of blame or my body's dysfunctional or my body's just not cooperating. Because oftentimes that's not the case. Your body is cooperating appropriately to what it is perceiving as the best option to keep you safe and protected. So I wanted to give an opportunity to introduce this theory because it provides you a, way, a different way to think about it, a different way to approach maybe your current health circumstance or, you know, lack of sleep or, you know, having a hard time relaxing. Because when you've been on in fight or flight mode for so long, the idea of relaxing can also be really scary. And it can feel really uncertain 
and unsafe. And so again, working with a therapist who has an awareness of the nervous system and how to work with it can help guide you how to work with the system little bit at a time so that the system doesn't become overwhelmed and that you can hopefully reach a place of feeling okay and be able to move through the nervous system's reactions and activations in a way that perhaps promotes a better sense of health and wellness. So I'd love to know what you think if you have questions. I'm always up for a discussion on this topic. I love neuroscience and research and how everything kind of works. So if you have questions or want to have a chat, you can always hit me up on my Instagram account at Madeline Golick. That's M-A-D-E-L-A-I-N-E-G-O-L-E-C. And I'll remember to put that in the show notes as well for you to find me on Instagram because that is where I am most active. Okay, I'm going to leave it there for today and I'll probably be back to talk a little bit more um, about some of the other training and other practices that I'm bringing in. And on that note, can't wait to connect with you all next time. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we have recently released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. And in this mini training, I take you through what pain is, how labor pain is different than like an acute ankle sprain type of pain. I talk about the three different ways that you can work with pain. And then at the end, I actually teach three different ways that you can work with labor pain to have a more positive birth experience. If you would like to access this free mini training, you can go to courses.ecophysio.com forward slash mini training, or you can look in the description of today's podcast episode At the end of the description, a link will be there for you to get the free mini training. Hope to connect with you there. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.